0: Hello listening audience, it's Indy here, and I have a special secret for you that Samantha does not know about. So we are going to talk a little bit about the 1995 movie Before Sunrise that we're going to talk about next week, and I don't want to spoil a surprise for her, but sadly I do have to spoil it for you. There is a sequel to this movie called Before Sunset, and then a third one, Before Midnight, And we are going to talk about all three of them next, but I felt like our conversation would be very tinted, knowing that those other movies are going to come up. So for next week, we'll be watching all three of the Before Trilogy from Richard Linklater.
1: And welcome to the first February episode of I Love This You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha Loveheart's He's and Him, Indy, the Romancer Randawa. No, oh,
0: the romancer. <laughs> yeah. that it sounds like it could be
1: good or bad. <laughs> my
0: wrestling name. Yeah. And I come in wearing like leather pants and a white billowy shirt open, and I have a rose in my teeth.
1: Mm, I like that. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, come, let me romance you. I don't have like a specific accent, it's just accent.
1: (laughs) Kind of like a Muppet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it sounded a little bit like the (laughs) count.
1: How are you, Indy? I'm doing all
0: right. I didn't realize this comes out in February. Yeah,
1: I think we said it was February 1st. Wow. Yeah.
0: And this Valentine's Day, this will be the first time because of COVID that in the middle of February, I'm not able to take you to a tropical romantic vacation. Usually I'm not able to because we're broke, but this time it's because of COVID. <laughs> like, we
1: physically can't go. Yeah. 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 But we just, we had a a nice staycation.
0: <laughs> oh, but actually, we will be going away. Oh,
1: yeah. You are taking me somewhere nice. We're and going romantic. to
0: a, a, a cabin in the woods, which yeah. sounds scary, but trust me, it'll be nice. How so, are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh Feeling the love month and Ooh. just enjoying life and pretending that there isn't a pandemic because that's depressing.
0: Yeah. But pretending in the in your mind, not by acting like there's
1: no. A I am still following oh, restrictions. We
0: very much act like there is a deadly, <laughs> deadly pandemic.
1: Yes, um, I'm following all the restrictions and attempting to work from home as much as I possibly can. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, things are good. Other than that, we're trying to make the best of things. You and I.
0: Yeah, other than the world falling apart, things are pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like very snarky, but I, never, I truly mean it. I
1: think we're we're having a pretty above average time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe we should get into things sure. on this podcast. We'll each have a thing of the week, and then the big surprise is the movie that I'll reveal to Samantha that we'll be watching for the next week.
1: Okay. Well, Indy, why don't you start us off with your thing of the week?
0: All right. Well, my thing of the week is the 1992 Hong Kong classic, Hard Boiled. Oh. I can't remember what the... I don't know what that is. ...Chinese title translates to. I think it comes off like blood-splattered super cop or something like that. But oh. in English, it's Hard Boiled. Uh, you do know a little bit. I got you to watch five minutes of it the other day and maybe you could tell the audience what you think this movie is and then i can come and tell them about it in my very pretentious way
1: um i
0: i showed you a scene that takes place in a tea house
1: oh yes okay so so it looks like a classic kind of like mobster movie but chinese okay um And there's a lot of shooting, and a lot of people died in that scene, and uh, it seemed pretty uh, intense.
0: Could you describe my reactions to this?
1: Uh, You were gleeful.
0: Yes. I think that's (laughs) that's exactly the right word. And
1: you kept not understanding why I was, like, kind of upset by what we were watching and being like, look at it, it's awesome! (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, um there's a lot of people dying and getting shot here
0: (laughs) very very true it's the movie maybe more than any other it's in the top 10 for sure that makes me go like oh shit because you just like keep seeing these ridiculous things play out so uh Hard Boiled is a movie by John Woo, who did amazing, amazing action movies in Hong Kong, and then came to the United States and did a couple of good ones.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He did Face Off, which was very big. He did a bunch of other ones that some people liked, some people didn't. But he brought some of his Hong Kong style to the US, but not all of it. Like he brought mm. through people pulling out double guns out of their trench coat and spinning around and doves flying out behind them. He brought that, but he definitely lacked that authenticity that is through his Hong Kong work, his earlier stuff. Right. And it stars Chow Yun-fat, who is in lots of John Woo movies, who's just great. And Tony Leung, who, if you follow this podcast religiously, you will know is one of my favorite actors of all time. (laughs) So this comes into a category that's dubbed heroic bloodshed, is like the subcategory of this type of movie. Oh. And they have to deal with, um, like, honor is a big thing and doing the right thing despite all odds. And it's also kind of invented a style which is often called bullet ballet, because oh. uh, John Woo had a lot of dance history. Right. So he brought some of the dance choreography that he's familiar with into action movies. So you get really, I think, beautiful artistry through through the action. Hmm. And this movie is a good blend of the martial arts tradition in Hong Kong. Right. Mixed with a hard-boiled detective story. So you get that gritty plus that frenetic action and it makes a really cool uh, a cool blend and a lot of the hong kong action movies of the time are much more elaborate police epics than what we think of as an american 90s action movie mm-hmm. so they're more similar to heat or the departed actually the departed was based on uh, infernal affairs which is a hong kong movie that also starred tony leung so that's oh. a little side, oh, side okay but I think it's the stunt work that brings these to a new level. Cause this is the era of Jackie Chan making mm. movies there. But it's also the era of Wong Kar Wai, who's one of my all time favorites. So you get this crazy stunt work, but still postmodern styling. So it's mm. a really interesting combination. The violence in this movie is exaggerated in like seemingly the most obvious way. Because there's just more blood, more bullets, people jump higher than they should. <laughs> but something like uh, The Matrix is over-the-top violence, but it's made to look slick and cool. And something like Kung Fu Hustle is over-the-top, but it's funny in how big and grand it is. But in those movies, the movements of the action fit that type of style of movie, and that's very true with Hard Boiled as well, but it takes it in a very different direction. Maybe it's just because it's unique to Hong Kong. It looks a lot like Chungking Express when I was re it the other day. It's just not necessarily styled like an action movie for how much action you're actually seeing on the screen. It's very straightforward in certain ways, but super exaggerated in other ways in a very fun combination Like way too many people get shot in this movie. The death count is somewhere around three hundred. One website said
1: insane two
0: hundred and eighty three, and another one said three hundred and twelve. That's
1: craziness. Like I can't count unless it's like an epic battle, like like no, there's no World War Two dramas or like Pearl Harbor or something like that. I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that has that much death in it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because. There's only probably three or four big action sequences. So it's all coming in those ones. And it's a two-hour movie, so it's long, but it's not all just shooting. Right. Somehow, as exaggerated as it is, it never gets into the point of silliness or camp. Because you can enjoy some, like, Stallone and Schwarzenegger movies, Mm -hmm. and they're fun and silly in how violent they are. Right. This, to me at least, never gets to that point. I think it's just crazy enough. Like, I've used this analogy before that if I'm on a 30-foot ladder, I'm Mm -hmm. scared of falling. Right. But if I'm in an airplane, I'm not. Yeah. Because you're just so far removed from it. Right. And I feel like... It's
1: just so extreme.
0: Yeah, like 90s American action films are so extreme that you don't really feel that. You're just like, yeah, it's just a silly thing. This is the very limit of how extreme it can be with you still being able to attach yourselves to the characters. It's stylish, but realist, and it's kind of stripped of any pretension. I think a lot of that is just because of its lower budget and less polished look. It also has some of those 80s, 90s action tropes of, like, a damaged man who lives on a houseboat and then he's like there's (laughs) saxophone music and that kind of stuff
1: i've seen a probably seen a movie in english like that
0: yeah and a lot of that comes from this because some of my favorite action movies i think are directly influenced not just from hard-boiled but john woo's earlier stuff Mm because um die hard is one of my favorite action movies And you could see links from A Better Tomorrow, an early John Woo movie. Okay. But I think of all of his movies of this era, Hard Boiled is my favorite. The Killer is also very good. There is one sequence where it has a really good long take. I know we're talking about long takes in Children of Men. Right. In this one, there's a crazy action sequence. He kills 300 people they go into an elevator and just like rest for a second because they're going to go to the next floor and shoot that floor. oh that's
1: up. crazy and
0: it follows with them and i thought that was a really cool scene but what makes it crazier is they made it unnecessarily difficult on themselves because what they did in reality is they only had one floor to work with so when they go into the elevator. They have a little bit of dialogue in there, and then it opens up to the new floor. But in reality, it's the same floor. And in those 20 seconds, they completely cleaned up the mess and reset it for another sequence. Oh! Yeah, there's like, they have a lot of expert stagecraft in this movie. That's crazy! And you saw the tea house shootout, which yes. is maybe my favorite. And this was a very famous Hong Kong tea house, but it was due for demolition. So they got the opportunity to shoot in there. Just they just like destroyed it. it. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's so fun.
0: And there's a later one in a hospital. And it's just so silly that uh, the bad guys have kind of taken over and taking all the hospital patients mm-hmm. Prisoner or hostage, including all of the babies. So there is Chao Yun Fats carrying a baby in one hand and a shotgun in the other. And he's just like trying to save the babies. Oh my God. And he puts like cotton in the baby's ears and like covers their eyes and says, Don't look, look at this. It's X rated action. And then shoots <laughs> a cat. And there's people rappelling out of the building with babies trying to save them. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, all the hospital stuff was a lot of fun. And there's one other really fun little bit of trivia in this one. There's one of the characters is a female police officer. And at this time, female police officers weren't allowed to carry guns in Hong Kong, but the men were. Oh, So there's a scene in this where the woman is like cornered and the bad guy has a gun on her and then she gets a gun from one of the dead guys and the bad guy doesn't take her seriously and slaps her and she takes the gun and just shoots the hell out of him and i heard stories about when this happened in the theaters like people got up and applauded because it was kind of like seen as a as a equal rights thing right yeah so it was a lot of fun it's just a very fun movie and because it's Chow yun fat and Tony Leung, you get a great action movie, but you also get a lot of great subtlety in the acting, which you don't always get, because right. Tony Leung is playing this kind of playing for both sides, and you don't know if he's good or if he's bad. Mm-hmm. And in one sequence, he has to kill somebody, but it's against his conscience. And you can see him, like, smiling, trying to get approval of his gang leader boss, But then you see tears welling up in his eyes at the same time. So I don't know if I really sold this movie. But if you like action movies, you're definitely going to love this. Because so many of the tropes of the 90s American films come Mm. from these movies. And it's kind of the purest form of an action movie. It's all of the good stuff really distilled down in a very artistic way. So if you like anything with lots of gunplay... I suggest you check out Hard Boiled by John Woo.
1: That was a crazy description, but I kind of enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think I focused on trying to describe the artistry of the action and didn't really mm -hmm. talk much about what the movie is about. Right. But I think that's what you're going to like about a John Woo action movie. It's not necessarily the crime drama. It's Mm -hmm. the artistry of the insanity that you see on screen okay it might be a hard one to find now <laughs> it's has a few different printings but i really wish movies like this got a proper blu-ray treatment because the one i have is not very good and you can find them in chinatowns around the world but i would love to see a better quality print of hard-boiled
1: you are someone who wants like the best version of everything Do you care about a lot of those like quality of film?
0: Yeah, when somebody puts so much time and effort into it, I can't do it the disservice of like watching it on my phone or a bad VHS copy. Right.
1: I watch a lot of stuff on my phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But probably not stuff you're looking at for its visuals.
1: No, no, you're right. And like I I watch quite a bit of stuff because of the COVID restrictions right now. I eat lunch at my desk exclusively. So I watch a lot of Netflix at my desk right now. And uh, I do watch things either that I've seen, like I'm still watching Outlander, and um, I've seen it all. So like, I've kind of already taken in a lot of the visuals and I know what the plot is. So if I'm not watching the screen 100% of the time, I know what's going on still. Mm-hmm. Um but I definitely wouldn't watch a movie that I haven't seen before that I really care about seeing the like scenery or anything crazy like that happens or plot points or costuming or anything like that. Or a
0: giant hospital shootout. Or
1: giant hospital shootouts, which I don't watch a lot of. Um but like I wouldn't watch that kind of thing at my desk. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So go check out Hard Boiled. If you need to, let me know. I'll lend you my copy. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What is your thing of the week?
1: Um, So it's kind of more of an our thing of the week, um, weekend, uh, because we are recording at the end of January right now. And uh, we have spent three days at home together and watched... Uh, two seasons of a show called Instant Hotel.
0: Oh man I do love Instant Hotel.
1: <laughs> so if you're like us and you're at home um, with your partner and you're looking for a show to get really aggressively into for a short period of time, uh, Instant Hotel is what you want. The first season is almost like two seasons in one. So you get One competition, and then a second competition, and then a finale where the two winners of the first competitions go head to head and are rated by people from the previous competitions.
0: Could you let everyone know what this competition is?
1: Oh, yes. So this is about uh, Airbnb owners who are thinking that they have the absolute best Airbnb in Australia, And they are the best instant hotel, as the show is called, and nobody else can beat them. And so there are five couples in this competition, and they travel all around Australia to find the best instant hotel out of the five of them. And they rate on things like the building um, and the look of the place, the location to other things and the attractions that you can do while you're staying there. Um, night sleep is another one. So how comfortable the beds are, because we've definitely stayed in an Airbnb that didn't have great beds. And what's the fourth category? Oh, value for money. So the cost per night and the uh, kind of either accessibility or the rules that go along with the amount of money that you're spending. So Indy, you really enjoyed this one as well. Why did you get so into it?
0: I think I don't watch reality shows. And I know a lot of people do. And one of their favorite things is hating people. Mm -hmm. And that just seemed like a not an enjoyable thing to watch. And I think I'm a little bit wrong because there were some <laughs> jerks on that show uh, we and were, I just wanted them to get their comeuppance yes, so much.
1: and we were sitting on the couch and anytime anybody got any kind of come comeuppance, we were like, oh, I'm like <laughs> super into it. So it's, uh, it's definitely a show that you can like really get into and it's not so long that you start to kind of hate everybody on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the actual thing that they're talking about, I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of uh, design and architecture interests. So I got to look at some really nice buildings yeah. and got some good ideas. That was
1: that was fun. That was fun to kind of talk about different design aspects and things that we liked and didn't like because we're looking for a new home. And it's like kind of neat to watch design shows and see all these really crazy choices and be like, I hate that or <laughs> I really like that. <laughs>
0: And also we got to hear some great accents.
1: Oh, my God. Samantha
0: (laughs) said at the end of just the first episode, and she was talking all night, she she insisted, I can do a great Australian accent now. And I (laughs) said, do you actually think it's good? Or are you just joking? And she said, no, it's very good. And I said, will you do it on the podcast? She's like, yeah, I'm very confident. I might have
1: been drinking when I agreed to that. So can we
0: we hear your Australian accent?
1: No, I don't know. What should I say?
0: I thought you only say one thing in it. Oh, yeah can you say anything else
1: um
0: i think my favorite part of the australian accent isn't the accent so much is that they have very cute words for things that aren't cute to us like if you said like oh man i i'm gonna have to spend 30 years in the in the federal penitentiary and they're like penitentiary we call it a locky do (laughs) -do. (laughs) no you don't understand i i I killed my mother. It's a it's matricide. And they go, oh, you mean a mother snuffer. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a, they just have very cute words they for things do. that aren't cute.
1: They do. Um, And they add do or like a why on the end of everything. So one of my favorite things that they did was travel to all these crazy Australian places that I've literally never heard of, like Humpy Doo.
0: Oh, yeah. Humpy Doo. <laughs> humpy Doo is pretty sweet.
1: And – um. That was probably my favorite one to hear because it was just it was funny. Kooba Pete. Petey is how like I would pronounce it phonetically.
0: Cooba
1: Pete. <laughs> the names of these places just makes me want to go to them more.
0: Yeah, there's there's some funny quality names in Australia.
1: And there's some incredible homes. There were some really beautiful kind of vacation style homes. And then there are some that are very um, kind of experience homes like Cooper P.D., which was literally a hollowed out piece of rock that they had built kind of a home into inside the rock. And uh, it was it was pretty cool.
0: A cave, you might say
1: uh yeah it was cave <laughs> uh the other one that i really liked was a giant hangar that they had built and inside they had put a complete kind of 1950s americana diner slash car shop um and it was just it was so over the top it was kind of fun i don't think i'd want to stay there but <laughs> it was uh, it was very cool what was your favorite home
0: I think because I miss living near the beach there were some of those beach homes that you know you can't you can't beat that that's hard to hard to top when you have an immaculate home that's within walking distance to a proper beach
1: Very true. Yeah. Um so I don't want to ruin any of the show for you but there's definitely some moments where What I loved went completely against what the contestants liked and what they were mad about, and um, it made it for very exciting viewing, because we disagreed very heartily with some of their decisions.
0: Yeah, and there's straight up villains in this show. Mm -hmm. In this reality show about properties, there's very villainous evil people. So that was... Actually, fun. I thought I would hate that aspect to it, but it got me interested.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel like our listeners might like this show because it feels a lot like traveling.
0: Yeah, I think see, that was part of it. Like,
1: I don't know a lot about Australia um other than like Sydney or Brisbane. And, and it's,
0: it's like hot racist Canada.
1: Yeah. Right? More races You get, racist. You get We're to see very cool places and very cool little places that aren't major cities. Beach vacations, country vacations, sleeping overnight in a rock. Um, So it just – it was very cool to get to see those new cool places. And it felt a little bit like traveling, which was very nice. Since we won't get to leave the country for probably another nine months. So that is Instant Hotel. Um, It's on Netflix. And I I think – You can watch it pretty much anywhere, because I think it might be a Netflix original. Um, But uh, yeah, check it out if you miss traveling and want to see cool new places. And uh, now we're going to talk about what Indy is bringing me to watch for Valentine's Day.
0: It is a Valentine's Day type of episode. So last year, I had planned to do a romance movie for February, but then I was so upset with our episode on Gone with the Wind and the reaction I got when people said, like, slavery's not that bad if it's done for romance. And I was like, I don't know, it's a little bit bad. (laughs) Uh, So I had to do, I don't know what I picked to do after that. I think it was do the right thing to try to combat Gone with the Wind. So this year, I don't have to combat any of your picks. So I thought, yeah, I'll go with something a little romantic. So picture it. Picturing. 18-year-old Indy, he's going to university, getting into these film classes, getting a little bit more pretentious. He's kind (laughs) of done with hard-boiled and Bruce Lee movies and B-horror. He wants something artistic. Oh. And like so many 18-year-old boys, I discovered the work of Richard Linklater and a little movie called Before Sunrise. Oh, so Before Sunrise is a 1995 film. I would classify it as a romance. It stars Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. And it's about uh, two strangers that meet on a train and then just go spend an evening together. That's it. Okay. That's the plot. If we watch it, I'm not sure if we'll find that this has informed much of what I think is romance Or if what I thought is romance is depicted in this film.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's a very simple movie, and most of the dialogue is improvised, and that lends to the natural look and feel of everything. And you'll be happy to know I'm giving you another in color, in English movie. Yes! (laughs) Yes! I'm also very curious because I'm not sure I've seen this since I watched it when I was 18.
1: Really? And oh, so I this is like was... another traveling pants situation.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I did think it was the height of romance because I was also uh, traveling a lot. And I thought like, oh, there's nothing more romantic than just meeting a girl in one of these foreign countries and then spending an amazing romantic evening and all of that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing what 18-year-old Indy found very romantic.
0: Should we watch a trailer?
1: Yes, let's watch a trailer.
0: All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just gonna haunt me the rest of my life. I have no idea what your situation is, but I feel like we have some kind of a uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Great, so listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. We just got into Vienna today and we're looking for something fun to do. Is pregnancy English? Yeah, more fun. Could we speak German for a change?
1: Now I'm going to call my
0: best friend in Paris, who I'm supposed to have lunch with in eight hours. Okay? Okay. Okay. Pick up the phone. Uh, hello? I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for lunch today, I'm sorry. I met a guy on the train and I got off with him in Vienna, we're still there. Are you crazy? Probably. He has beautiful blue eyes. Nice pink lips. Frizzy hair. <laughs> I love it. I like to feel his eyes on me when I look away. You couldn't possibly know why a night like this is so important to my life right now. But it is. Since we're never gonna see each other again, I don't think we should sleep together. Let's see each other again. I don't want you to break up, just so you can get laid. <laughs>
1: Like we don't bite off the head after mating certain insects do that you know like spiders and stuff Mm
0: we at least let you live okay i can see where 18 year old indy oh it
1: looks so 90s it it looks so 90s that tank top over t-shirt thing.
0: yeah and for the record i didn't this didn't come out when i was 18 i think this came out when i was a a child but i wasn't much into those types of movies then i was watching ninja turtles yeah
1: In 1995, I was seven. (laughs) So I uh, assume you were
0: very young as well. Yes, because I do also uh, age linearly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So any thoughts going in?
1: I think it looks like the perfect romantic comedy for Valentine's Day. I'm very excited.
0: I will put the caveat of it's not a romantic comedy.
1: It's not? No. Oh, I
0: don't. There's no like jokes or like, oh, no, this happened. What, how can they do it? I'm going to tell you the entire plot of the movie because I don't think it ruins it.
1: But I'm not allowed to look anything up. No, after. no, no, no. Oh, OK. Here's the entire go plot on. of the movie.
0: They meet on a train on the way to Vienna. They talk and they said, let's get off here together. And they go off and they just walk around talking. That's the entire movie. I don't want people out there to think that this is going to be a big romantic comedy that has like the same tropes that you're used to. And you're looking for jokes. You're looking for a gay best friend. You're looking for a misunderstanding where they have an argument, but then they eventually get married at the end. Great. This is quite literally just two people on one evening walking around talking. And I think it is quite romantic. And I think it's a great study in character because neither of them are perfect. Neither of them are terrible. They seem real in the sense that I love certain things about them. Mm -hmm. And I really hate certain things about them. They're just two people talking. And because it's so improvised, it makes it feel kind of like the first date. It is a little bit awkward. It is a little bit sweet. (laughs) And it is a little bit romantic.
1: Like our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Awkward, sweet and romantic.
0: (laughs) And it is a little bit pretentious like our podcast.
1: You bring that pretension.
0: That's what I try to do. That's what I'm here for.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, I'm drinking wine and watching bad movies. (laughs) That's me.
0: (laughs) That was was you. It was like looking at you.
1: You are literally looking at me right (laughs) now. That's why. Okay. Um, So how long is this movie?
0: It's about an hour 40. Okay. So it's pretty short. It is also pretty much all dialogue as well. Hmm. It's not super easy to find for free, but all of those... Streaming services that also allow rentals will have it. So you might have to go that way. Or, you know, just ask me and I'll lend you my copy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indy has a copy of everything.
0: Everything that I talk about on this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, He has a very fancy DVD case in our office. And it's full of cinematic treasures.
0: That's exactly what it is. It is full of cinematic (laughs) treasures. It's full of things that aren't on streaming services often, like Hard Boiled and Before Sunrise, Okay, both of which you should watch, and one of which, Before Sunrise, we'll be talking about next week.
1: I'm very excited, because... Wink. Oh, okay. Wait,
0: a... she can hear that. Never mind. Why is it Never a mind, wink? Never mind, audience. No,
1: why is it a wink? Never mind.
0: Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, you are peaking my internet sleuth capabilities. Don't
0: do it. You'll... And
1: I will... I will ignore them for now, but we need to, like, wrap this episode up real quick. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good idea. I just want to search on the internet for everything.
0: I'm not sure if I'll cut out that argument we had earlier, but (laughs) I can tell the audience now. I told Samantha, I don't think you often look up things about the movies that I bring up, but I told you specifically not to, because there's going to be a little surprise on our next episode.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay, cool. Well, I will avoid the internet and not do anything to jeopardize discovering our next episode. Sure. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're off to watch
0: before sunrise, before
1: sunrise. I was going to say into the sunrise and I was like, no, that's too many words. Uh, so we're going to watch before sunrise and, uh, we're going to make some dinner and have a romantic evening. So hopefully you can do that as well, or just, you know, enjoy the evening with yourself. And uh, let us know if you've seen this movie or if you think it's the most romantic thing ever. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at I-L-T-Y-S and the number two. You can find us on our email at I love this you should and the number two at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at I love this you should two dash podcast. We love hearing from you.
0: And if you're listening to this episode, you don't have to worry about spoiling it for Samantha because... She'll already know by the time this comes out.
1: Okay, well, we'll see you next week when we discuss Before Sunrise. And there's some kind of surprise that I don't know about. A little bit. Okay, have a good week, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone.